I think the year was 1994, and I was in elementary school. That might make you feel old. That might make you feel young. I don't know. But it was a couple of days before Christmas Eve, and we had traveled to Springfield, Ohio, because my grandpa had a heart attack and needed open-heart surgery, and the family kind of gathered together in the waiting room and waited. And it was an intense couple of days in the hospital, but I actually have some really fond memories of that Christmas, too. It's kind of funny how that goes together. So we're at the hospital, and we're just trying to make the best of it, right? Have you ever been there just trying to find peace in the least peaceful spaces? So one of the ways we made best of it is by opening a few Christmas presents early. So my, my brother and I opened these Nerf bow and arrows. Now, full disclosure, we ended up having a pretty epic Nerf war throughout that hospital. Now, we found the end of a hallway, and it was, uh, it was this beautiful mosaic of tile that was the, the Christmas story. And we chose to take aim... Kind of at Mary's face, I mean, not Jesus, Mary's face, like, and to, to, to like target practice that. Should we have done that? Probably not. Did we? Yes, a lot. We did for hours and hours, actually. We did that. My grandpa was actually pretty bummed that he had ruined Christmas, he said. And honestly, even though we were trying to make the best of it, even though we're trying to navigate all of it, it, it was pretty sad. It got late. And we ended up kind of bundling up and then going back to my grandparents' house on Christmas Eve. We got ready for bed. And just as we had gotten our PJs on and kind of got tucked in, we, we heard it, you know, some commotion kind of outside. Our literal interpretation of "'Twas the night before Christmas." When out on the lawn there rose such a clatter, we sprang for our beds to see what was the matter. And we got out of the bed and we saw at the window this car pull up and my grandpa walked in with some assistance. And the doctors had let him come home kind of to spend Christmas Eve with our families and to spend Christmas together. And he walked in with this big goofy smile on his face and he said, ho, 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 Merry Christmas. And it was like a Christmas miracle. It was pretty unexpected. And other than the Nerf bow and arrows, I couldn't tell you what presents I got that Christmas. I do know that that unexpected return from my grandpa is one of the best holiday memories that I have because it was so unexpected. And when it comes to the holidays, for whatever reason, we get, we kind of get our expectations pretty high, don't we? I mean, we want it to be a certain way. We want it to feel a certain way. We want certain people to attend and be there at a certain time for a certain purpose. And we even have holiday songs that talk about how great things are. I mean, Just Christmas has a song that's like the most wonderful time of the year. We don't sing that song about a random Monday in September. We sing it about Christmas. There's something exciting. There's something hopeful about the holidays. And I've been thinking about it, and I've decided Hallmark is on to something. I know we make fun of them, but really, deep down, a lot of us want to experience kind of that magical thing at the holidays. We want the holly jolly Christmas. We want the Instagram-worthy Thanksgiving spread. We want the beautiful family, and we want the warm fuzzies, and all of the stuff that comes along with the Hallmark movie, right? So what about you? Like right now, in your, in your Christmas season, what are you hoping for this holiday season? What do you expect? Maybe you're expecting the perfect present for a child. I mean, you've looked high and low and you finally found it. Or maybe somebody is expecting the perfect present from you and they sent you a link and they're nudging you and winking at you right now. 
It's too late probably to get it from Amazon, but maybe you're hoping for the family to just get along just for a couple of minutes, just take the stupid picture, you know, whatever it is. Or maybe you're really searching this season. Maybe you don't feel that Christmas spirit feeling. You don't feel the joy. You don't feel the hope. You don't feel the peace. You don't feel happy. Or maybe for you, it's simple. You're like, I'm just looking forward to the mashed potatoes. You know, I'm looking forward to grandma's pumpkin pie. It can be all sorts of different things. What are you expecting this Christmas? Maybe it's kind of something like this. That's kind of what we want, right? We want the Christmas miracle. I mean, we want the unexpected, holly jolly surprise, you know, the perfect present, you know, whatever it is. But what are we going to do if, what are we going to do when our expectations aren't met this year? What do we do when it doesn't feel the way that we would expect or hope? You know, if Hallmark actually made their movies a little bit more real, it would have some things in them that we didn't really want to experience. I mean, while the Hallmark movie always ends, you know, with snow falling and the perfect romance and all that stuff, we know that that isn't real life. See, our lives are kind of more like this. What do we do when we get to Christmas Day and we're still lonely? Or what do we do when we get to Christmas Day and we're still depressed? What do we do when we get to Christmas Day and the financial strain comes and we have been struggling to choose whether to go in debt or, or not to get presents like we want and we're like, hey, it doesn't matter, but we still feel that guilt. Or what do we do when we argue with mom? Or what do we do when we feel ignored by dad? Or what do we do when Uncle Charlie's in the corner saying wildly offensive things again? Like what do we do when we're reminded of the abuse, or we're reminded of the grief, when we're reminded of what Christmas isn't rather than what Christmas is, what do we do when we land smack dab into the middle of unmet holiday expectations? Now, we're in the middle of a series, and we're calling it Retro Christmas. And we've been talking about this anticipation, this prophecy about that first Christmas told through a book actually in the Old Testament, Isaiah. So we've talked about how the people of God have anticipated a Savior for 700 years, which is a long time to do anything, and how Isaiah said that a virgin will give birth to Emmanuel, which means God with us, and that he will be the light of the world, and he'll bring hope. And the people of Israel had been waiting, really, on a political leader, a military leader, and we might think, well, obviously that's not what happens, he's a baby, but... If you think about it, if you read the prophecies about Jesus, I understand why people thought he would be a force to be reckoned with and why they thought he would be powerful and he would be mighty and he would be a warrior. This is Isaiah 11. This is one of those prophecies about him. He will give justice to the poor and make fair decisions for the exploited. That feels nice to me. The earth will shake at the force of his word and one breath from his mouth will destroy the wicked. He will wear a righteous, like a, he will wear righteousness like a belt and truth like an undergarment. I mean, those are intense, kind of vivid words. One breath from his mouth will destroy people who don't follow God. But this is what the people of Israel kind of expected that first Christmas. And when the first Christmas came, unexpectedly, when he came as a baby, Jesus wasn't the mighty warrior, maybe, as people thought. He didn't come in riding on the horse with trumpets blaring. 
He came not to rule, at least through military might. He came to bring peace, but not maybe the way that we thought. And this is how Isaiah kind of sets this up. This is Isaiah 9, 6. So it says, For a child is born to us, a son is given to us, the government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And he came not to rule that earthly government, but to be the Prince of Peace over all governments for the rest of time. That's a completely unexpected thing in a completely unexpected way. So that very first Christmas, the one recorded in the Bible, was full, chocked full of unexpected things. If you read kind of Luke 1 and Luke 2, you see all of these things in the first Christmas story that are unexpected, like an unexpected pregnancy. And actually before even you know the pregnancy, Mary was visited by an angel, which that was also unexpected. And to tell her that she would be pregnant, not by a man, but by a a Holy Spirit. Imagine if that happened to you or someone in your family. That would be pretty unexpected, right? That her son would be the Messiah, the Savior that Isaiah is talking about. Just as a side note, you heard the song, Mary, did you know? Yeah, she did. I mean, they told her. Angel came, the whole thing. Anyway, this is what the angel actually told Mary. This this is how it kind of all works together. He will be very great, talking about Jesus, and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor, David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. So of course this is what they were expecting. Of course they thought that he was going to be a military leader. Of course they thought that he was going to show up and everything was just going to be great. But I love Mary's response to this. So this is what the angel says. Poof, we're going to talk about it. Mary did know, and here we go. This is what she asked the angel. This is verse 34. Mary asked the angel, but how, but how, like logistically how, like how is this going to work? I'm a virgin. And I think she's asking literally like, wait up, hold on. Do you understand what this will do to me? Do you understand what this is going to do to my family? Do you understand what this is going to do to Joseph, my fiance? Like, do you have any idea how big of a deal this is? How in the world can this happen? In the middle of this chaos in my life that you're going to start, what, how is this going to work? Have you ever asked God anything like that? I love that question. It's such an honest question. It's such a real question. And we ask stuff like this too. God, I'm dealing with it. This Christmas, I'm not feeling it. Where's the peace going to come from? How's it going to happen? Maybe you're navigating some negative stuff in your life, and you're like, hey, the job loss or the loss of a loved one, or this Christmas, and I am dreading it because it's not turning out to feel like the way I want it to feel. Maybe you're struggling with the past or the present or the future. Maybe there's worry, and your life and your heart and your mind and your relationships feel anything but peaceful. And you're asking the same question. You're like, Adam, I don't, I don't get all this. Prince of peace, peace on earth. God, how in the world will this happen? Because peace in the middle of chaos and hurt and pain seems ridiculous to us, doesn't it? It actually reminds me of that classic Christmas movie, Christmas Vacation. Any Christmas Vacation fans here? It's all right. It's a safe place. It's a safe place. So I actually hadn't seen that movie until a few years ago. 
but now it's one of, one of my favorite, you know, kind of holiday rotation movies, probably because, for better or for worse, in some ways I relate to Clark Griswold. I mean, he just wants a good, good Christmas for his family. That's all he wants. And nothing seems to go his way. Have you ever been there where you're just like day after day or thing after thing in the day and you're like, well, this one is a loss. So he gets locked in the attic. He falls off the roofs, putting ridiculous amount of lights on it. You know, his tree catches on fire. The turkey gets burnt. I mean, his crazy relatives show up and park. But he holds out hope, doesn't he? Until, you remember? He doesn't get his Christmas bonus. And he snaps. And Clark Griswold, I think, is probably a better picture of what actually happens in our Christmas moments. We snap. It just doesn't go. And oh my goodness. And it builds up. And we just... And we think God? Prince of Peace? How can this happen? How are we going to have peace on earth in the midst of literal war or hurt or pain or, or chaos? And, and the thing is, Mary felt the same way. Can you imagine how ridiculous it would be for Mary to be told that she would be pregnant like that? How terrifying, how physically impossible And something that was anticipated for 700 years on top of that. And she would have known that. No pressure, Mary. No wonder an angel had to come and tell her. I mean, she wouldn't have believed it any other way. But Jesus came in the most unexpected ways. And that's the miracle of it all. And on that first Christmas, in an unexpected way, Jesus shows up. And here's the thing. He actually does bring peace on earth. Just not in the way that we thought. And I think that that was true then, that he is the Prince of Peace. And I think that that's true now. So here's the main kind of thought for today. Jesus brings unexpected peace. Maybe not in the way we thought, but he still brings it. So how does this work? Is there something like, is is he selling it like at Walmart? Like, how do we get it? What's happening? And I do actually think that we have some responsibility to receive this unexpected peace, for this to take place in our lives, but it might not be what we think. Now, we're going to talk about one of my favorite Bible verses. I absolutely love it. It comes to mind to me all the time, and it's actually on the wall in our home because it reminds me of God's role in my life and my own role in my life. So this is Romans 15, 13. This is my prayer for us today. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. There's a lot crammed into this little verse, so let's break it down a little bit. Who's the source of hope? God is the source of hope. You know what that means? I am not in control of the future. I am not responsible for making hopeful things happen. You are not responsible for the future and making hopeful things happen. And some of us need to stop trying, myself included. That's all God. It's his responsibility. And he can unexpectedly, 
in the middle of the hurt and amazingly fill us with joy and peace. But here's our responsibility. And just in case we forget, we just highlighted it. We trust in him. We trust Jesus to bring peace out of the pieces. He is the prince of peace. And we just trust him that he's going to do what he says he's going to do. That he's going to bring peace out of the worry or bring peace out of the regret or bring peace in the relationship or bring peace out of the circumstances. And then because of the power of God through the Holy Spirit, we will overflow. Think of a waterfall of confident hope. So what does he bring to the party? Well, Jesus brings hope, joy, and peace. What do we bring to the party? We just show up. That's my kind of party. Our role in this is just to trust him. So how do we do this? How do we get to the place that we are trusting and living that trust out with Jesus? How do we live like he is the Prince of Peace? So there are just a couple of ways that we'll go through today. So here's the first one. Put your trust in Jesus. And is that a little redundant? How do we find trust in Jesus? Will we put our trust in Jesus? Absolutely. It's like that annoying teacher when you go, can I get a drink of water? And they're like, I don't know, can you? Like, okay, all right. So let's slow down and think about it. When the angels are proclaiming the Messiah, the Savior is coming. They're celebrating the fact that Jesus came to bring us into a right relationship with God. That's what they're doing, the good news. And Jesus is the warrior, just not the kind that we thought. And he didn't come to conquer a specific kingdom, but to be the king of all kingdoms. Not to conquer a specific man, but to conquer all men and to conquer death and to give life. See, Jesus lived a perfect life so that he could step in and take our punishment for where we fall short. Jesus died on the cross and rose again on the third day, and he overcame the world and all pain and hurt. Do you believe this is true? Because that's what we're talking about. Do you believe it's true? If you do, have you placed your trust in him? Not just believing it's true, but living like it's true. Have you asked Jesus to lead your life? And that's what we've been celebrating all morning with baptisms. These people are saying, I believe, I surrender, my allegiance is with you, Jesus. Have you ever told somebody that you trust them, but then like your behavior kind of says, maybe I don't actually. Reminds me of an adventure movie when somebody's like, we should jump off the cliff. Do you trust me? And they reach out your hand. If I'm in that adventure movie, I'm like, absolutely not. I don't know you. I met you two minutes ago. Like, absolutely not. I'm not jumping off this cliff. I mean, is there not stairs somewhere? Like, can we not figure this out? Here's here's my point. When we trust someone, our behavior changes. When we trust Jesus, our lives should show that we trust Jesus. So do you actually trust Jesus? So that's that first thing. Here's the second thing. You're seeking peace this Christmas. Here's the second thing. Pray. And is that simple? Absolutely, it's it's simple. But when we feel a lack of peace, we have the opportunity to go to God in prayer. Or in the great words of the theologian and philosopher M.C. Hammer, you've got to pray just to make it today. I got an amen for an MC Hammer quote just now. (laughs) Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. I mean, I'll take it. That's fine. 
Here's the point. Instead of worrying, instead of allowing our current circumstances to just overwhelm us, we are to pray about everything instead and to tell God what we need. This is how it's described in Philippians 4, starting in verse 6. Don't worry about anything. Are you kidding me, by the way, with this sentence? This is incredibly difficult, but he gives you how. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Everything. It's not that there is, aren't things that will worry you. It's that pray about it instead. Tell God what you need because he already knows and thank him for all he has done. And then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. And his peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Now you notice that just because we pray, it doesn't say that he'll give us what we want. That's Santa Claus, not Jesus. But it does say that if we pray, it promises to guard us and protect us because we're trusting in Jesus. So to trust Jesus, we believe in Jesus and we, and we pray. Now, is this kind of hard to believe in some situations? Because I understand that, right? So here's what I'd like to do. Like right now, in our circumstances, in our situations right now, if you are really wanting peace in your life, if you're really struggling, we're going to pray about it together. So if you feel that worry, if you're overwhelmed with that regret, if you don't know how to mend the broken relationships and it seemed hopeless, if your circumstances are beyond your control or there's still just little moments of this worry and doubt and hurt in your life, we're going to stop and we're going to pray about it. So here's what I'd like for you to do. Everybody bow your head and close your eyes. We're going to pray about it together. Here we go. Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father, we need peace. We want peace and you provide peace. So in this time and in this place right now, we trust you. We trust that you're in control, that you provide and that peace comes from you. We ask you right now for overflowing peace in our struggle, in our pain, in our difficulty and grief and sorrow and loss. We ask you right now for peace. Guard our hearts. Guard our minds. Thank you for how you've already provided, already loved, already cared for us. And bring peace that exceeds what we can understand. Amen. So does one prayer solve all of our problems? Absolutely not. But it does remind us to invite the one who can do something about it into it. So we trust in Jesus. We pray. And in the midst of our Christmas season, I think this one's important, we also rest. This is a difficult one for me. Is it for you? And maybe some of it's like the hustle bustle of the holiday season, but I think there's more to it than that. Rest expresses trust in Jesus because we're not leaning on ourselves, but on Jesus for strength. I'm going to say that again. Rest expresses trust in Jesus because we're not leaning on ourselves, 
but on Jesus for strength. Because when we're tired and when we're weary and when we feel the world is crashing in and chaos is the word of the day, when we feel like things aren't going the way that we expect, when we don't feel peace, Jesus says, trust in me. Rely on me and I will bring you rest. This is actually how the Prince of Peace, Jesus describes rest in his own words. This is Matthew 11, starting in verse 28. This is what it says. Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart. And you will find rest for your souls. Rest for your souls. And some of you are hearing rest and you're like, I just want to take a nap. And I get that. I understand that. Maybe that's actually exactly what you need. But the type of rest that this is talking about and I'm talking about is spiritual rest. It's a rest deep in your soul. And it comes from trusting him, giving him the burden, allowing him to guide and him to lead. We trust him. We pray to him and we find peace. We find rest for our souls. And I don't know what's going on in your life and in your heart and your holiday season. Is it feeling more broken than whole? Are you struggling? Maybe you're not. And this is a great reminder for the way that Jesus provides that, but maybe you are, maybe, or even just a little bit, or even a lot bit, and you just feel exhausted. And when the angels proclaim peace on earth, they're telling the shepherds that Jesus, the Prince of Peace, will take all of these things in our lives and bring peace on earth, an ultimate peace in heaven. And if we trust him, there will be peace beyond our comprehension. There will be rest for your soul. That's the unexpected peace that he's talking about. Unexpected rest. Now, like Mary asked, okay, but God, how will this happen? And it's not the warrior who was going to fight with the sword and spear. 700 years earlier, Isaiah said Jesus would be born. And 700 years earlier, Isaiah said he would come, but that he would come with a purpose. And check out something else Isaiah had to say about Jesus. This is Isaiah 53. But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. And all of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We have left God's paths to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. See, the peace that we have exceeds our expectations. It's not just because of the manger. And it's definitely not a fairy tale. It's because of the cross. And when we place our trust in Jesus, we're trusting that the Prince of Peace and the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is who he says he is. And that we're saying we believe that what he did on the cross happened and matters. So another way that we can trust God today is by taking communion. 
Now, communion is something we do because we trust Jesus, because we follow Jesus. So when we take communion, we remember what he did on the cross, we reflect on our own heart, and if we're trusting him, if we're following him, and we respond by what he did by taking communion together. So here's what I want you to do. Go ahead and open up that, that bread here. And if, if you haven't grabbed it, it's in the seat back in front of you, or if you're in the front row, it's there you know, kind of by your feet. And if you're online, I encourage you, go and grab that bread, grab that juice right now, and we'll, we'll be here when you get back because participating in this is really important. Go ahead and open that up. Take this little piece of bread out. Here, here's what I would encourage you to do this time. Go ahead and break it. See, this represents Jesus' body being broken on the cross. So here's what we do. We remember that he is who he is and that it's through brokenness and his brokenness that he brings peace. So let's take that together. And the juice, the wine, represents his blood shed on the cross. And I think it's a way to remember that even when all seems lost, all seems hopeless. Even when we don't feel the peace from God, we can trust him. And in that trust, God shows up and his faithfulness gives us peace. He did it at the cross and he'll do it for us today. So let's do that together. I believe no matter what you have going on in your life, no matter how you feel, no matter what, is stirring in you that Jesus brings unexpected peace because he is who he says he is. And that brings such hope that the manger leads to the cross, which leads to an empty tomb, which even leads to what we're doing today in baptisms. It's all the same. It's celebrating the good news of Jesus. I'd like to pray for us. Heavenly Father, peace sometimes feels so far away or like just beyond our fingertips and we just don't know how to grab onto it. So what I ask right now is just that you overwhelm us with your peace, that it's not necessarily taking everything away. It's that in the middle of life that we feel and experience your peace, your rest for our souls because of who you are because of how much you love us, because you did send in an unexpected way a baby to do unexpected things through his life, to do an unexpected thing on the cross. God becoming man to conquer death so that we might have life and we can celebrate today the manger becoming the king's throne. Thank you for your love. And I just ask humbly, for your peace to exceed our expectations. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.